welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. What's up, everybody? Knock On Podcast number, I don't know. I think it's 187. Nope. On an undercover cop. I think it's 188. But it's 180-something. And, uh, yeah, we're literally in the backyard right now looking at a bunch of cool archery targets. Uh, Corn, which is pretty much mandatory in Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm here with uh, Josh Bridges, a.k.a. Jeff Bridges. And and, uh, Andy Stump. So... Yeah, we just had a, a cool day of archery and eating. You were you missed the grilling part, Josh. I did. You were. <laughs> I, I didn't miss the best part of that though, which was eating it. Yeah. So you you just <clears throat> literally one day ago was it what day ago? What is today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. two days ago, you finished up what I think was a pretty spectacular games because I kind of knew that you were, <laughs> you were less than a hundred percent going in and Andy and I both had our, had kind of our assumptions that you wouldn't be able to get through it all without totally destroying yourself. You were the only person. <laughs> you really let me down. I had all my <laughs> right. chips in on you quitting the first day. That's what I taught you and buds. When right. things get hard, Quit. just give up. Quit now, avoid the rush. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you feel overall, though? I mean, other than pain, a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Um, I was, uh, I was happy. You know, I was happy to get through it at the in the end because I I went in with the same expectations as you guys just had with probably not getting through Wednesday, which is the day it started, and uh, you know the n- announcements kept coming out of workouts, and I was like, okay, I can do that. I think I can still do that. I think I can still do that. And so I took I took um, a different mindset going into this year's games as opposed to years prior where the goal is always to win. This year was like, hey, if you get to compete, you know, just be happy because you shouldn't probably be here. <clears throat> because there was, a, there was a bunch of times where I, I almost withdrew prior to since regionals to games. Uh, just messed up my knee doing re- something something during regionals or right after I don't know what happened but I yeah so I couldn't really train the way I wanted to going into it so I was like well I can withdraw or I can just try and go and see how far I can get through it so um, yeah the, the the fact that I actually ended the weekend uh, competing every in every event I was pretty stoked on it yeah we talked I think we talked a little bit about like tournament expectations and just mindsets in the last podcast with Jocko yeah yeah, with me you and Jocko and I always think athletes do themselves a a disservice when they always put the pressure of themselves on like you know having to win or having to like fulfill maybe an image that you know that they had at one time it's like you know you get to you get to different levels in your career where you you want to still achieve goals, but your goals are just, they're different. I mean, every, it seems like every decade, I, f- I totally feel like I was a diff- I felt like I was a different person in my thirties. I felt like I was a totally different person in my, in my twenties. And then in my teens, I felt like 
I was a, you know, I might not even have liked myself, you know, looking back, I probably wouldn't have, but I think when people are able to do what you did, I almost feel like they get to a whole new level as an, as an athlete and as a competitor, it, you know, it's almost like that, that is when you all of a sudden hit this like Jedi apex to where, you know, one, you know what you needed to do to like be a hundred percent and you, you know, and you proved yourself that you could do that at one time. But then you also start to really accept where you're at and have different goals. And was this probably the most beat up you've ever been there? Uh, going to the games. Yes. I've never been during regionals. I kept being like, I kept getting really frustrated or after, I'm sorry, after regionals, like training in between before games, I kept getting really, really frustrated because I've never been so like debilitated during like to train like where like I couldn't do I couldn't run I couldn't go below parallel I so I really couldn't train heavy lifting at all which <laughs> something in my head like so if there's no squatting or running at the games I should be good <laughs> which <laughs> day one <laughs> which is typically <laughs> opposite it's like a lot of running and a lot of going below parallel so <clears throat> my expectations were really really low like, we saw <laughs> me and Andy were together when day one got announced and he just goes, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we were, like, just getting ready to go up in a plane. Yeah. And he's like. Well, I thought well, I re- misread the row marathon. I yeah. thought it said run. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have ended the weekend. I was going to ask you, what workouts coming out would you have <clears throat> thrown the talent on? Like, what would you? What was your worst nightmare scenario? Uh, pistols. Pistols was, like, the thing where I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to do a pistol. Did it come up at all? It did. It did. It came up uh, in the chaos work. And then you just did it anyway. And I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the workout, the workout was crazy. It was something they never done before, where you literally had no idea what you were doing or how many reps you were doing, and you walked out and you you walked up to your and then once once you walked out and like they kind of kept us in seclusion while the while the females went, and then so we couldn't we had no idea what was going on, and we walked out and you walk up to your judge and they're like your judge is going to tell you to start going. Uh, at like a, on a certain movement, but they're not going to tell you how many reps you have. And then when you're finished, they're going to be like, "Okay, move on to the next thing." And then they're going to tell you to start doing something. Like, so it was a it was a ski erg, and uh, and so I start going, and you know, I'm like, "You have no idea how many calories you're you're gonna roll." And then the guy next to me actually finished a little bit ahead of me, and so I just looked over at the screen. He's like, "Okay, 35 calories." <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and then smart. But then yep. he wa- then he yep. walked up and he started doing burpees, and I was like, "Okay, burpees aren't bad, whatever." And I'll, I'll just do those until I got to stop. And you had to do, I don't know, 25 or 30 of those. And then we walked up. And um, and then he walked up to the next movement. And the next – oh, the next movement was a, a really light overhead squat with a dumbbell. And I was like, okay, I, if I lean to my right, I should be fine with that. The dumbbell was super light. It was only like 50 pounds. Got through that. And then he finished his, the overhead squats before I did. And he walked up to the next movement. And it was just a, it was just a little black square mat. And he started doing pistols. Oh, no. And he started doing pistols. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, went into, like, complete depression. <laughs> I was, like, just head dropped. I was, like, here we go. This is that's, this is the end. And so I, wa- I finished my overhead squats, and I walk up to that little black mat. And it's been good knowing I'm, you. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, okay, I'll do one on my right side. I'll do one. I'll do my very first one, and then I'll probably just have to stand here for however many minutes the time cap was, which I don't, I don't, I think it was like 14 minutes or something. And this was that minute, probably six. And I'm like, so I'm going to stand on this black mat for about seven, <laughs> eight minutes and just think about how bad my life sucks. Cheer other people on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> Doing great. Um, so I did one, 
kind of took a second, stepped back, and started thinking, and I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I'm in it. Let's just see. Let's just skirt the line. And I dropped down in my first one. I mean, I'm going to the highest, lowest point I need to go. You know, like, <laughs> I'm only going down as far as I need to. And I came up, and he was like, good rep. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Yep. So I go back to my right side, come back to the left. I got no rep a few times because I was, you know, I was skirting that line. I was like, I was pushing it hard. I'm like, I'm not going any deeper than I need to go. And I uh, got through them. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that just happened, to be honest. That was, that was to tell you the truth, that was like a huge win for me. So because I, yeah. I thought for sure, like, that was it. I'm done. Pistols, pistols show up, game over. I'll, I'm heading to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were banking on. Yeah. He's I like, thought you were done oh, that yeah. first day. Me too, man. I'm not going to lie. But then, you know, the first workout was a bike. I'm like, biking's fine. I have no issues with biking. There's no impact, you know. It's, like, yeah. it's fine. I was looking at the CrossFit total back squat. Yeah. Wondering how that was going to treat yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I, I immediately was like, if there's no minimum, I'm fine. Like, I'll. Oh, I see what you're you know, saying. So, like, if there's no minimum requirement, then it is what it is. I'll just take a. I'll have to take this one on the chin, get a zero. You know, get zero points for it, take come in last place. But then he put minimum requirements on it. Uh, so the, the back squat had to be. Th- you had to at least back squat 315. And I was like, I. I I went to the gym the day before, and I was like, you know, the CrossFit total was announced probably like two weeks ago. And I was like, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm just going to work up and see and see what I can hit on a back squat and hit 325 the day before. And it hurt. It hurt, but I was like, okay, like at least I won't look like I'm not trying, mm-hmm. you know. So when he put that 315 uh, minimum on there, I was like, okay, I can do that. So, And that's basically, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to. I'm gonna hit 315 and I'm gonna call it a day. So, and he's like, "All right." <coughs> yeah. Tell Dave that. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid phone. I've got one person that somehow skirts under my airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I get that occasionally too. Like I know it's an airplane mode, and a text shows up. Yeah, Antoine. Anytime he texts me, he freaking gets in under my my scrambler. He's got some kind of a power hack, power move, <laughs> power hack. This coffee's legit. It is Josh. Legit. Good. Josh just took about forty-five minutes to make us two <laughs> cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's solid. Definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, what uh, what do you think of your first? I guess you've shot. We shot some last night, and then we made a few adjustments, and then you shot this morning. So, what's your first impressions of a new way of archery? Man, I love it. I think this is. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go pro. You know, that's. <laughs> I'm gonna go hard. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna go hard. <laughs> Deep into the paint. Deep. He's so. actually he's actually blown out a, a pretty good little black hole on that top right dot <laughs> on that block target. Yeah, he is. He's been wearing that out. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't are you really surprised know. at your accuracy this um, quick? Yeah, for sure. Like I, 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 had, I, I have no expectations. You know, I'm, I'm here with you know you and Andy. I know he's lying. No, he's, he's got no right expectation. Like, like I don't lying. expect anything. <laughs> So I'm just like, yeah, I'll just come over here and have some fun, you know, and, and enjoy the uh, getting top-level, you know, instruction. And um, so I, I'd, I'd say the only reason I'm ha- having that such good is because I'm being taught so well. Well, it definitely helps with anything. Right. I mean, I'd with say it, that in the crossover between marksmanship in general. There's yeah. a lot of similarities. Right, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, like, I feel like, for me, it was I didn't grow up shooting stuff like shooting guns, shooting bows, anything like that. So 
I've been just been taught. I didn't build a lot of bad habits. Yeah. To where a lot of people, you know, like grow up not having that instruction. Where I, I came in pretty fresh and, and just had really good teachers. That's why. That's why women and 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 youth are so good for coaching because the slate's clean. Right. And with youth, there's a little bit more struggle because they're not totally developed. So you're kind of having to, you know, we taught um, Andy's boy Tyler to shoot two days ago. And there's certain, like, posture aspects to where it, they just don't have the muscle recruitment to be able to pull a bow back as easy and stand in really proper form. It'll come very fast, like probably yeah. faster than us. But those first few days, it's like, okay, just look past that. Let's just key in on these areas because this is what's most important. And then that stuff we can fix pretty quick later. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, with... With you, you shot, um, well, one, your marksman background with, you know, on the teams with Andy, but then... He didn't quite make it to the sniper level, though. Yeah, this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> let's, okay. All right, well, we, can, we can tell the story. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. story time. <laughs> story go time. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, so, so, Josh, so why yeah. weren't you a sniper? Yeah, so, uh, new guy in the platoon, and got I got the sniper billet, which is... Unheard not, of. Yeah, not normal at all, and I was like, this is sweet, so... Uh, when I was going through, I think they've adjusted recently where you have to go through a couple courses. Now it's all just one big sniper course because uh, we used to go through pick, scout, and then sniper. Pick is photography. Yeah, yeah where you basically – I guess you stalk and you do – you take pictures though, um, more like surveillance or reconnaissance. Yeah. Uh, and then scout is all of the just straight stalking stuff as well. <clears throat> and that's a super fun course, but you have to qual – you have to shoot a qual um, – a gun, a marksmanship qualification with your with your M4 uh, to get to go to to get to go to sniper, and so uh, we get through pick and scout, and they, then we come up to our qual, and you get four four attempts at it, and I kept failing the qual, and much like pool comp, yeah, <laughs> same exact, yeah, right. <laughs> four tries on that one too, <laughs> and you know, and I'm <clears throat> beating myself up, and I'm like, I always, I I typically never tried to like blame my gear on anything, and I was like, I'm looking at myself, being like, man. I suck. What what is wrong with me? So I fail my fourth qualification. I don't get to go on to sniper school. Pretty bummed out. Had to go back. Have to go back to the platoon and tell your chief. Yeah, sorry, chief. I didn't. I didn't make it. I can't hit shit, I but I got your yeah, back, bro. I got your back, right? <laughs> and so, um, the next week we uh, went up to Camp Pendleton for some sort of like pre pre ULT. Um, I can't remember what we were doing there, but we had to, we were doping in our. Uh, our EOTechs on our M4s, and um, I'm sitting there trying to dope my EOTech in at 25 yards, and I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't group the damn thing, and I'm like, what is going on? And my senior chief, uh, who's, you know, <clears throat> basically the highest enlisted in a platoon or in a troop, is standing there, and he's like, you know, Bridges, you can be bad at a lot of things in the teams, but shooting's not one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, new guy, you know, just – taking it on the chin uh and it was uh so it was rough and so he's like well let me see that gun and, he, and he's like well, he grabs it and he tries to hit it he tries to uh group group the gun as well throw a throw a group up there and he couldn't do it either he'd have like one in the middle and then one over to the right one over to the left <laughs> he's like he's like he calls the gm over our gunny's mate who come you know comes and fixes your guns he's like there's something wrong with this gun you know take a look at this thing and so the gunner's mate comes back and he's like hey man 
is this the gun you shot your qual with at, at sniper school for sniper school? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you have a loose barrel. <laughs> and I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> so What's funny about that, though, is yesterday Andy and I shot, well, we shot the first night, but we were out here. We were partying pretty hard, and we shot his bow. And, uh, well, we were partying pretty hard that whole day when I kind of finalized your build. We came out, and we shot, and there was a couple – wild shots and we kind of just wrote it off as there's an arrow in a tree down there <laughs> we wrote it off as you know maybe, maybe it's too late into the night <laughs> to be shooting <laughs> yeah. Bill right now right. yeah it's way too late to be out here just shooting lighted knocks so the next day he comes out and he shoots a little bit and he comes in he's like super frustrated he's like i can't hit anything with this thing and this he's so sucks and he had moved his scale like three different <laughs> times he was moving windage left and right, so I grabbed it and shot one. I'm like, ah, that's pretty okay. Then all of a sudden I <laughs> shot another one. It's like same thing, way off, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I'd, I'd pull back, and I notice that, like, as I draw back, the arrow rest is just kind of like – like kind of vibrating around just moving around so i grabbed the arrow rest and i never tighten the two screws down to hold the, the like the launcher tail the yeah. whale tail i never tightened those down when i adjusted his left and right so i mean i shot it through paper bullet hole we came out here and that thing was just floating wherever the <laughs> yeah. hell it wanted to just chasing it with the pin just <laughs> yeah we're out here just burning the anodizing <laughs> off these windage knobs <laughs> freaking moving everything around and i just said what an idiot i go yeah. i never tighten this down it's like oh okay so now let's get this thing sighted in so right. yeah it was two of the exact same situations right yeah i've been there that's so frustrating just you just feel like such an asshole <laughs> you know you're like like you want to blame the gear, gear but you're like god i can't i can't i know this. it's me i know i don't want to be that guy it's like yeah it's my gear it's a piece of crap get it out of here you know it's like no there's something wrong i'm doing something wrong like i'm not fundamentally sound right now <laughs> yeah. if i could pick only one school to repeat like could go back through the career and pick one it would be sniper school yeah i had so much fun in that course it was months of shooting just shooting and we did m14 iron sights out to a thousand that's crazy and then we finally put glass on 300 wind mags and then we went to the stocking portion right did you get issued a ghillie suit yeah yeah we do you do in this in scout you do <laughs> You do the ghillie suits and everything. So I got issued. Don't you have to build them? I did. Yeah. So I went and uh, sourced probably just over two tons of burlap strapping. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> sitting at my in-law's house and for hours. Like, it was, it probably weighed 50 pounds when <laughs> I was done with it because it was so just, I don't even know, it probably looked like Chewbacca. That's exactly what it looks like. Well, I have one. Dude, and then we, so we did our stocking out at Nyland. Yeah, that's which Josh can attest. There's just, like a sage. Rock. There's like a sage bush, a little piece of a cactus, and a burned out like coyote van <laughs> from <laughs> running <laughs> illegals across the border. Yeah, and the sun hits that burlap and it just uh. glows. So I immediately get busted. Yeah. I think before the stock even started, they're like, "You should just sit this one out." And like yeah. that <laughs> night, it's just scissors. But I remember the first stock, you had to stock into, what was it? It was inside of 200 yards. I think it was 200 to 180. No range finder. You had to mill dot everything. You had, so you're doing math. And I was stalking in on my first stock. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely it. So I take my shot. You shoot the blank, and then they walk a guy to within, I think, 10 yards of you. You shoot another blank, and if they still can't figure out where you are, I think that's a 10. It's an 8 if they find you after that. Yeah. So I take a shot. I'm like, He's like, all right, cool. Go back to the truck. And then everybody's like, choo, 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 
start shooting. <laughs> they were using my range. This was, again, like the very first stock. They were using my range as what they thought was appropriate. I was at like 320. <laughs> <laughs> DQ the whole squad. The entire class. Like one guy like took his time to go in and mill, and I was like, um, I'm sorry, guys. Because yeah. they literally, guys just saw me. They're like, oh, we're good here. <laughs> yeah. Screwed the entire class. I did some. I mean, I was climbing in trees. I was taking shots from up in tree. Like, why really? not? I, like, I would get stuck. I was like, okay, this is great dead space. I'm gonna follow this ravine, and right. I just, it's not a good idea to put your head down and just crawl in a ravine because at some point they take some lefts and rights, and you like peek your head up and you're like, where, am where I the at? hell am I? Facing right? the complete wrong direction. <laughs> there would be people because they sit at a table like this with binos. There would be people who would do that and would stalk past them, and you see them like. They had their little vegetation fan come up. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're, I'm like looking through my scope and I see the table and to the like the left of the table, 20 yards past it, there's a guy coming up with a <laughs> veg fan looking in the wrong direction because <laughs> yeah. the table's behind. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at you and you're like. No, he's just like, they, he loses track of where the table is. So the guy's just like. <laughs> where is he? Just it? looking around and then you see him like go back down. And then, like, 20 minutes later, they come up, like, seven yards over, and they can't find the table. And then somebody shoots, and you see them turn around, and they go, oh, oh, wow. (laughs) I'm right here. And uh, in Scout, we had a guy stalk um, the complete wrong direction. Oh, yeah. He just didn't realize, like, This is how professional we are, Deli. You're going, hey, like, there's your guy, there's your target, that's where we're going. He must have just not been paying attention when when the instructor's like, hey, there, there it is, right there, you know. Three, two, one, go. He like literally like turns the comp- literally 180 <laughs> degrees backwards and stalked. <laughs> and, like, Same so thing. He, so he failed because he lost. He missed the time because w- finally once he realized that you know he wasn't stalking towards you know south or whatever and he was supposed to be going north. He had to like stalk all the way back and he like put himself in a really bad spot because now it was like slightly up. Yeah. Once you start oh, to yeah. lose angle, then you're yeah. dicked. Yeah. So it was that was pretty funny. Well, towards the end of the that course, that would have been fun to be one of the guys on the talkies just being yeah. like oh, hey hey everyone at the table <laughs> look at just this look <laughs> I, i'm just gonna, like yeah. look at this guy <laughs> look at this guy yeah. well it's interesting because you're like you're stalking and you're having conversations with the guy it's much like the what's the movie with uh it's a tom clancy book clear and present danger where the people are running around with the radios it's mm. kind of like that except there was none of that vegetation at all there was a rock <laughs> right but you're sitting there like having a car you're having you're miserable you're just pouring sweat and the guy's mm. just sitting there and it's like hey man am I going in the right direction and they just look at you like I don't know <laughs> you know but it, it towards the end of the course when people were starting to get um, what would be the best word for it uh, drastic measures were being taken because <laughs> there's only two people with binoculars yeah. and if two people shoot at relatively the same time they're looking through you know the narrow field of view of a, a binocular there would literally be people who would wait until other people shot and until both instructors were looking down at their binos and they would just stand up and walk <laughs> yeah. without any concealment at all. Literally just like you're crawling along and you see a dude just like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> and, he just, and then he would just dive behind a bush. Yeah. Like, dude, that's the best technique ever because he would just wait until everybody else was looking in the other direction, <laughs> full back dive right down the middle of the course and plop down at like 200. <laughs> Damn it. Nailed it. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember uh I did an I did an early season antelope hunt in a full ghillie suit one time. It's so bad. I don't think I've ever had duck butter like <laughs> I did. 
<laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what did you, you describe the other day? An Appaloosa horse under full saddle? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> your sky That's the type of yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty close. Like, we I had the, a black, freaking onesie on that was way too small and and they bumped us because there was like there was several teams there doing runs so they bumped us for two and a half hours and i i didn't want to like unzip it because it was so tight on my shoulders that i couldn't get it off when i would unzip it and everyone would have to help like pull it off my triceps so i'm just sitting there just cooking and i finally just told them like like a shark skin is that what you're talking about no it was just a student jumpsuit black Uh, and red one oh oh for jumping (laughs) yeah Yeah. Trade it was down there doing like refresher jumps. There's 20 dudes with MT2Xs just sitting in the sun for an hour. Just like (laughs) (laughs) they were just freaking like kids at the class assembly. They were all just sitting fully geared up, just waiting their line. It's like, man, that's miserable. And there was shade 10 yards to their left, but they just sat there. Yeah. Full tractor beam stare. Just you can't go in that shade. You need to sit (laughs) right here. Yeah, that was that was a classic. No, but I told Andy, I said, dude. I'm lathered up worse than an Appaloosa <laughs> horse in full saddle right now. <laughs> like, there is, like, foam going to start just coming out my neck path. Oh, man. It, yeah, it, it's been hot in San Diego. Dude, it, it was, was triple digits. Down. Yeah. It, at the DZ, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, it was, yeah, that's uh, way east Chula Vista. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's hot out there. It was pretty a, cool because I flew over. Uh, so we were flying over where I used to train. Like, sometimes I'd go to the training center for archery. Oh, okay. So it was oh, kind of fun. Yeah, training yeah, training center. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. fun to uh, to actually see that as we were, like, bombing out. It was right. pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that is cool. It was fun to learn yeah. learn something new I actually, over the top of where I learned something years ago. I mountain bike around that lake right there. I, like, park right across Otay the Reservoir? Street. Yeah. Oh, really? I park right across from the training center. Yeah. That would be... It's a, it's a fun little bike. That would be a, that'd be a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. I've jumped into that uh, training center. That's where the Navy parachute team practices their demonstration jumps. Oh, really? There's a BMX. I mean, there's all sorts of different yeah. fields there, and they you start because it's so close to the drop zone. The, the pilot literally just takes off and flies straight and, like, get out. <laughs> so you bomb out <laughs> yeah. at, like, 3,000 feet over. But I've jumped in there quite a few times, and I kick myself now. I had, wasn't shooting a bow at all, but I'd always look down and see the huge outdoor archery targets. Yeah. I lived um, – did you ever come over to our house? No. Yeah, I lived five minutes from there. That's, yeah. I would have had a yearly membership there for sure. I don't oh, know. You, anybody can go? Yeah, you can buy a membership there. I was looking it up online. Oh, really? Yeah. That's they built a big center now, like the one in Salt Lake. Yeah, they said they have a 70-meter indoor. Yeah. The yeah. Salt Lake Center archery place we went. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how, uh, how much you take after this. Oh, yeah. I'm going pro. You know, I already, we said it earlier. <laughs> okay. I'm going pro. Going pro. Yeah. No, I think you're going to I think you're going to learn to appreciate being accurate cuz you've right. shot, you know, you shoot trad bows or you've shot trad bows mm-hmm. a little bit. A little bit. And so I told you I'm like, yeah, it's that's fun, but <laughs> but <it's, laughs> it takes an hour to hit something. <laughs> yeah, it's like what's fun about it is that one time a day we were like, "Hey everyone, did you see I got it?" <laughs> everyone? Yeah. It's in the 12. Look at it. I got it. While you guys are down here, yeah. I've got four arrows back here in the grass. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Like that's that's how my my instinctive uh archery abilities go. Yeah. No, I think I think once you're able to just drive tacks with something, it's yeah. like, "Okay." Then it's like then your marksmanship instincts come out and you're like, "I you know, I like I like just being super accurate. And then when you're not, obviously it's like a check, you know, 
what am I doing wrong? And right. I think for all of our personalities, you know, that that's a good identifier. And, you, you know, it's fun to know when you're slightly off course because then, you know, you make corrections to get back on. It's almost like, you know, you accomplished a goal. And, you know, yeah. it might not be a big goal, but. Well, so I'd use the word fun. Yeah. To recognize that you're off course, yeah. it's helpful yeah. to be able to recognize yeah. it, but I don't know if the journey is necessarily fun. It's important, but it's a character builder too. Yeah. I think when people in life dodge dodge those experiences, they're cutting themselves short of something that would really change who they are as a human. Right. You know, I think I think you know, like you talked about in the very beginning, with what your goal was coming, and then obviously you went through several of the things where you're like, yeah, that's going to be, if this comes up, that's the end. I mean, when you got through it, you were probably like freaking yes. This is like a huge, and people on the outside might, you know, they might just be looking at, you know, where's Josh at in position on the leaderboard. But those are the things that in a few years, no one's going to remember. Right. You know, that's, that's what I say about trophies that I have in there. I'm like, you could be two weeks later and people are like, you know, who won the who won the triple crown last week? Right. And it's like, okay, I'm literally laying everything I have down for something that that doesn't mean anything to anybody. If it right. means something to me, that's a different subject. Right. But everyone just like trophies and medals they just tarnish. Yeah. You know, they, they're just all of them are in there and they're black. You know, they're tarnished and it's like if there's certain ones that I keep out because it's like the, you know, I had a big goal at this one, and I remember what they all are. And it's like, you know, I made a big, I made a big step as a competitor at this, and I remember what some of those things were. You know, some of the first times where I, I beat a certain guy, or, you know, the first tournament where I went and made forty shots without, without feeling any like target anticipation. Like those are big hurdles that are, you know, personal goals. If you can come away with things like that from competition, you'll continually progress. But if you're just only focusing on the outcome all the time, some people just set themselves up for, like, real disappointment. Right. You know, because there's – in any field, CrossFit's a really good example, and I'm a poor example to explain it. But, you know, there looks like – it looks like there's just ruthless wolves. I mean, these people are animals out there. And well, you can't beat somebody who started when they were fourteen. Right. Like if, well, if yeah. they have ten years under their belt and they're only in their early twenties, like right. as a mid thirties, you're yeah. done. Yeah. Like it's an it's an interesting thing for sure, you know, CrossFit um if you don't like like you're going into what you were just talking about, how if you you know, always are just thinking about the outcome, the outcome, the outcome, it's like you can stand on top of the podium for like a minute, yep. right? And then, if that's what your only goal is, is it's you're not you're never gonna get there anyways. Because yeah. I I just enjoy doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I love going into a gym every single day and testing myself. Yep. And maybe not testing myself like every single day, like not testing it in a way of like I'm testing a workout or whatever, but like pushing myself to the limits that I don't even think they're cap- I'm capable of doing. Yeah. Um, you enjoyed doing that before the Navy too. Yeah, right? I mean, I, d- I did. I've been doing CrossFit before there was a game, before it was an, yeah. before it was a sport. I did it to get ready for the Navy. Yeah, um, I remember him as a student, like not well. We saw it's yeah. it's tough because you saw hundreds of students in the eighteen months that I was there, probably five six hundred students. Yeah. But 
Like I would go out there and do the workouts with them. Some of the instructors probably didn't enjoy that, that I would make <laughs> yeah. them come out and participate. But my <laughs> yeah. theory was like, if you're going to tell them to do something, I didn't do everything I told you yeah. to do. <laughs> right, 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 right. But <laughs> sometimes you just need to drink coffee and have a garden hose. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean – he he would just annihilate the workouts. I remember like, God damn, man, you little <laughs> short bastard. <laughs> now it's not that way anymore. It's not. The short guys aren't the the best at cross. It, like when CrossFit first came out, it it seemed to have a huge biases towards like shorter people. Like, the weights were lighter. Yeah, the weights were lighter. So we're having smaller ranges of motions. And now it's like, I don't know, it's got to a point where I don't feel there's an advantage either way, like tall, short. You know, which he, they've probably molded it to yeah, to be that way, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what the games competition is about. I think, I mean, Josh would probably agree, but there's a huge. I use the methodology still, but there's a huge uh, misunderstanding between the games competition that Josh does and the actual methodology behind the program. Right. Mm. If you were to put somebody on a training protocol like Josh or the other games athletes who are competing in that discipline you would destroy them. And it's yeah. actually the exact opposite of what the actual CrossFit methodology is. It's a workout a day. It should take no more than an hour. That's your warm-up, your cool-down. I mean, occasionally it'll go longer, but really it's – I always tell people it should be about in one hour make the 23 hours of your life better mm -hmm. outside of the gym. Right. Whereas That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I but, like that. And a, but a lot of people, because the games is so publicized, yeah, they confuse what – the people like josh are doing with the methodology and it, it couldn't be farther from the truth no like the, if i mean if you just look at the look at the older crossfits that the, the older crossfit games athletes that are like <laughs> you know like now starting to hit their 30s and mm -hmm. like you know just look at their bodies it's it's like any professional athlete yeah. like you do the same repetitions like you were talking about with your shoulders you know yeah. if you do the same thing over and over again you're gonna have wear and tear in your body you know like it's almost like watching you get out of the car yesterday <laughs> yeah, that's not a pretty <laughs> not a pretty sight um it's like, Dudley, do you do you have a walker <laughs> right. or a cane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Josh got down to his bedroom downstairs, and I said, "Hey, man, we were trying to hook up the uh, the automatic uh, chair to go up, like where you sit, and just yeah. thumb button up your up there, and like we couldn't get it installed." <laughs> a life alert would have been another solid yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> like Josh, we have you downstairs. If you need assistance, just help. Blow, blow, this, and and blow, this, blow this whistle, and we will come get you. Laying on the floor. <laughs> No, yeah, the um, but you know, so games athletes, yeah, we're we're training for a specific thing, yeah. right? You know, it's not, and it's not what any normal person who just wants to be fit for life should ever do. Like I would, there's work, there's a, there's things that we test like pistols, like um, I don't know, the uh, handstand push-ups. You know, yeah, those are things that I probably would never tell someone who's not competing to do. Yeah, you know, especially a pistol, I right, think. Right, yeah. Because yeah. people what is a pistol? Can you show me quick? Can no, you show us your left leg? <laughs> nope. It's a one-legged squat. Sure can't. One oh, yeah. do they call it that because you're extended? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. most people, when they start, can't extend their leg out like that, and you see them, they're really far up on their toe, the angles of their... <laughs> but bad. Just pure shearing. Yeah. Like any... Like but people will see it in the games, and they'll try it in their garage, and like, oh, it this, looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is terrible. It hurts. I'm like, well, yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right. You know, if I take a sharpie pen and draw on my eyeball, yeah, it's gonna <laughs> right. hurt. That doesn't mean the sharpie pen is messed up. It means you don't know how to use it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, there's just things you'll see people doing that, and it's like you don't need to do that. Like, there's yeah. so many other ways to. For what you're trying to do, you're trying to do a one-legged yeah. squat, which I agree. Like you should be able to stand up on one leg, but there's different ways to train it without, with less 
co- uh, less uh, possible possibility potential, of injury. Yeah. 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 Potential of injury. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, we're getting tested on a certain thing. We signed up for it, so we have to we have to train it, but it doesn't mean everyone does. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a good way to look at it, too. And modifying is something people should not be scared of, especially in the archery world. I modify almost all my lifting to make sure that I don't injure things that are my sport oh, yeah. specific. So, you know, I'm really big into, um, you know, when you do a push-up, you don't, you don't have to do it to where, you know, your palms are, you know, your fingers are facing straight forward, you know, bring them in just a little bit yep. and change your elbow position to where you're not feeling impingement on your shoulders. Right. You know, even with, even with a pull-up, if I go in and I'm doing pull-ups, I, I do, you know, I do like a neutral grip. I have that rogue attachment where right. I can do more of a neutral grip, like a yep. hammer, hammer fist style position right. for my pull-ups. Because for me, when I put f- palms forward, I put a lot more pressure on my, on my bicep tendon, you know, as I'm coming to the top, when my palms are facing forward and with archery, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds a day, I'm yeah. pulling with that same motion anyway, and it's just repetitive stress right. to where if that's your field of sport, you know, try to modify just a little bit to yeah. where, you know, to where you're not necessarily impacting yourself that way. And it's, you're going to be able to do what you like a lot longer. You know, people right. need to recognize that. I wouldn't, when people ask me about CrossFit and, you know, well, what do you think of that? I'm like, I would honestly never do most of those things. Yeah. You know, to, I would rather have a weighted ruck. I like kettlebells because it's single arm movements and I can, you know, if one, because my thing is one of my sides is wore out more than the others. Right. So when I'm trying to do barbell movements, you know, one side is wanting to go and one side saying, ah, I've got some issues here. Hold up, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. So, I mean, being able, you want to be balanced, but in the same, same sense, you do need to, you do need to modify if you do have injuries, oh, because if sure. you're just trying to power through for the sake of being a weekend warrior, what's it, the point? yeah, what's the point? You're not, you're not actually doing why you're doing, it. you're doing it to stay healthy and to stay fit. Mm-hmm. And when you have, when you're powering through pain, like you're obviously gonna, you're gonna, your body's gonna compensate. Your body's an amazing thing. What what it will do, it'll compensate for anything, any sort of injury. And then so what you're gonna do when you're compensating, you're gonna create an injury somewhere else. Yeah. So not only is that gonna be injured, but then so like that's that's with my left knee. My left knee's been pretty messed up for a long time, um, and I've definitely just kind of pushed through it because it is my you know yeah, my crap. Yeah. Job. Right. It's my job, and so, and it's definitely caused some issues with my right knee to where like I. I know that when I go down in a squat, I'll sometimes like my hips will shift and then I, I let that right knee just dive a little forward more than it should and now I have a little bit of pain, pain in the patella. Yeah, yeah. When I owned a CrossFit gym, talking about modification, like I would program, write a workout and post that and then actually go the next day because I would post it the night before, go the next day and like 90% of it was going and talking to each individual and like, okay, this is what the workout is, but you can't do that because a you just started, or b you ha- you're working around something and then modifying every single thing to fit people's individual body type or issues. The modification is huge. Yeah. People see these workouts and they're like, "I got to do it just like that." I'm like, "You shouldn't. You don't I, have to. I don't recommend yeah. that you do. I mean, I'm gonna get a camera and if you're gonna go for that, we're gonna watch for sure. But yeah, people. It, ego. It's, ego's a huge. Ego's yeah. a. It's not a good thing. <laughs> so we know? talked about that too. Last yeah. The curse of the novice. They do want to skip all the stuff that's 
fundamental, and yeah. they want to go to the sexy stuff. Yeah, Josh is getting yeah, hard blasted. Yeah. You got to tell Dudley about your favorite uh, exercise in buds. Oh, my favorite. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I was telling, I was telling Tosh <laughs> right here. Apparently, they were telling bud stories. Yeah, we which... were telling some bud stories from from Andy because they're they're amazing. <laughs> if you want to get in really good shape, you go to buds, right? <laughs> because that's where it's at. So. So Andy would come out. I think did I tell this on your podcast? I don't think I so. I can't remember. But anyway, so Andy would walk out and he'd be like, you know, instructor, instructor stump. You know, he would be <laughs> who y'all instructor? <laughs> yeah, who y'all instructor stump? <laughs> so he'd walk out and be like, this beatdown is going to be epic. It will not be over quickly. And he said it was such like a grin on his face to where you almost appreciated it because he wasn't this like yelling in your face, like calling you an idiot, like making you feel like a big turd. He was just like. You guys messed up. Now I never gonna, yelled once in 18 months. And now you're going to pay. And it's going to be great. It's going to be epic. He always used the word <laughs> epic. It's going to be epic. <laughs> and I loved it. So I don't he, think the other people in the class Yeah, did. some people probably didn't. I, I could just – I don't know why I appreciated it. I just did. I, I, I also didn't – either way, if you – it did the way Andy did or if you yelled at me, like I appreciated it. I was actually telling this to Tosh yesterday where – like I appreciate it when my like my my wrestling coach in high school was a phenomenal coach, and he would turn purple yelling at you. I'm not even kidding. Like, turn, oh, yeah. like his skin would turn purple. I saw him like pick up a soda machine and like throw it like three feet, and I'm like, I love like his passion though. Like yeah. he cares so much about what I'm doing yeah. that he's like he looks like this, you yeah. know. And it was I appreciated it. Yeah. So it wasn't like I get didn't get offended by it. I'm like he cares so much that he's turning purple yelling at me. I never threw a coke <clears throat> machine. I just nah. had them fill up their mask with seawater. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. So Andy <laughs> would walk out and uh he'd be like, you know, all right boys, get your masks, get your uh you know, whatever we needed. Usually and, a weight belt too, I think. Yeah, typically always a Sometimes weight belt. twin eighties, but then I got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <those laughs> Apparently you can't make people do Josh that. is just closing his eyes, shaking <laughs> yeah. his head like, like thinking like going I had the back. class. <laughs> I had the class. You just had yeah. a flashback yeah. right there. You six hundred and forty pound yoke, please. <laughs> Let's put twin eighties on your back. <laughs> twin eighty yeah. cylinder scuba tanks with yeah. weight belt on and a dive mask full of water. I had him oh, doing berm sprints. I got gosh. in trouble for that. So we so we go out to the berm with our mask and our weight belt and he's like, Now go fill your mask up with water and then put it on. And get a mouthful of water, and and then you had a one guy lay on their back on the on the bottom of the berm, the little you know hill sand hill, and then that guy had to reach up and wrap his har- wrap his arms around a guy's neck, and then the other guy the guy would basically be on top of him like on all fours, and he'd have to bear crawl, <laughs> dragging that guy up the sand berm. Soft sand berm. And soft sand, and so like your neck at the end of it felt like, <laughs> literally it felt like you were carrying 700 pounds, you know, it was just awful. Like your neck, I remember my neck being sore for like five days after that, being like, you couldn't barely lift your head up. You like, you just lay in the shower and like, <laughs> lay, you have to like lay your head against the wall, like they like, and then like pour shampoo on it and like rub it on the wall because you didn't want to lift it up. And so, and then after you got to the top of the berm, you had to come back down and get in line, and then and then Andy would walk by, and you had to like spit water out, and if you didn't have water in your mouth, you had to do it again. The entire class had to do uh, it again. It was, it was that was that was one I'll never, I'll, I'll remember that to the day I die, like like <laughs> yesterday, like it's so vivid. Oh man, it's funny how coaches can impact differently. I had one football coach that would grab my face mask. And he would grab it with his thumb and his and his you know middle finger, ring finger, pinky, and he would 
pull me in with that and then his index finger was free and he oh, used the leverage of the other ones to just push his index finger into my one eyeball so and he'd be like are you looking at me and i mean he would want all the attention of one eye and he's just squeezing hard and you're just like yes sir and he's and he would just get right in there and just start spitting and there was nowhere you were going i mean yeah. he would just be yelling at you and then I had another football coach that, uh, you know, and I, for fo football was my thing. I mean, probably two weeks of the summer I would be at home. Other than that, I was at football camps everywhere in the country. Right. And so. I can't believe it. You, you played football? What are you, six, eight? Yeah. Seven, two. Yeah, seven, two. I was a wing, I was a small wing back, so what I was going for, but I failed. Um, <laughs> no, but. I had this, uh, my one coach, I remember my senior year, we were all out at practice. It was like during three days. And the first, I actually wasn't bad then because I wore my helmet all through the summer. Um, but I remember, you know, your neck does get sore, like having shoulder pads on the first time and stuff. And we were out there and the rest of the team was just dicking off. Like everybody was dicking off. And he goes, all right. It's obvious you guys aren't uh, absorbing anything here. He's like, I'm not sure why you're not, why you're not focused. And he's like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. He goes, but why don't you guys just call it a day? And everyone's just like, mm, oh, okay. Freaking people are going. Right and I'm on. like, day off. I'm like, because I'm, you know, because I'm quarterback, I was always responsible for, you know, all the balls. And then like, I was always responsible to be there early warm up or like don't use practice time to warm up your arm right. right so i'm like round up some balls and i throw all these balls on my back and it was our first day in full gear and as i'm walking away he's like hey dudley i go yeah and he goes uh so practice isn't over for you he goes <laughs> he's like <laughs> he goes just so you know he's like it's your responsibility to make sure these guys are paying attention and he's like so i want to backstop like w w where we practice football was in the middle of all the baseball fields so every baseball like a, a lap around all the backstops was a backstop and he goes i want a backstop for every minute that we're shutting down early oh. and, he go and he said and you need to know it will be this way all year so I'm just like looking and it's like 48 minutes. Oh. This was at, this was actually thinking back. This was at the, this was at the midday practice. It was like at the real hot one. Everyone just murder, you know, people are just murked. They're so hot in our water. Like, I don't know if it came right out of like a, sul a sulfur pond or something, <laughs> but like you'd run up to that PVC pipe with all the holes, try, yeah. try, and you'd just be plugging your nose. Oh, God. Just getting in there and like, uh. please, like, <laughs> you knew that he would wait until it was just turning cold and then he'd blow the whistle for everyone to come back. Like, you knew you had about a minute to drink the really hot, like, PVC infested <laughs> stuff. And, uh, I remember, super healthy. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> we good. were, we were just, uh, struggling that day and he looked and he's like, yeah, there's, I think it was like 47 oh. and I'm like, all right, coach. And I, I said, it won't happen again. And I just started running and he waited about like 10 minutes and I was just like 
running and he goes make sure you keep your gear on i'm like all right and as i was running i started doing the math of like okay these last 10 (laughs) took me this long and i'm like i literally got done about 10 minutes before the third practice like everyone was like showing up like coming out and i'm out there just like limping along and he he came out and he goes he goes, hey, Dudley, make sure you got your arm warmed up before practice starts. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I got everybody together, and I'm like, listen, we will not. I will kill all of you. Yeah, <laughs> we are not <laughs> going to shut down practice early ever again. I like, will kill you. Yeah, this is not going to happen. But he was, you know, he was like the quiet type but got his point across. The other guy was not the quiet type, but also got his point across. But, you know, when they do it, when you know that there's reason for it, well, the right person accepts it the wrong. uh, I shouldn't say the wrong person, but certain people aren't acclimated to that. I mean, certain people cannot. I actually fed off that. Yeah. Uh, but man, there were other people and that that's part of being a good coach and it's important for me to recognize I can recognize it a little bit better with with archery students. But some I have to I have to get on them and just be like you know, you're shooting like dog shit today. And I'm not, you know, and I, I've just told people I'm not going to sit here and watch it because I think I'm going to catch something and you're so bad right now. <laughs> and and they'll just be like, and I mean, they work through it. But some people, you just have to be like, you know, hey, th- this was so good. Like that, that one part was so, you have to find the one thing that's like yeah. positive and then just key in on that. Whereas some people, you know, you you can dig into it's like well this is really what they're actually not good at and this is what i want to talk about and feel them out and if they can accept it then yeah some people need some people need that like that's a push for them to know that they're bad at something yeah you know sure i i completely agree there's definitely like a good a great coach can recognize how an athlete responds to certain things yeah you know like determine which cues to use yeah right like exactly and that's like in buds it's great you have the instructors like andy then you have the instructors that literally just scream and yell the whole time then you have the guys that are in between that like you know they can switch they can turn a a switch and and then become the screamer if they they need to or they can be calm and you know quiet i think the middle one's probably more effective do you you think so i mean for me like i said like I don't mind getting screamed at and yelled at. Like yeah. if someone has enough passion to like put into that, that they care that much that they're gonna scream, then that's fine. As long as it's done with a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah. not just white noise because yeah. too much screaming becomes white noise where you don't even listen to it and you're like, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah, that's mm. why I never went that route because I remember the instructors I had that would yell. I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, right, nor do I care. Yeah, I'm gonna. I heard you told me to do something, and I'm just gonna like tag along with the yeah. class because I have to. But I really would like it if you'd shut your face. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because especially in buds, you, I mean, you get yelled at all the time. It's like you can't do anything right, and nor sh- and like. And I think that's the process that they're like trying to. Yeah. You know. Well, in the end, you. I mean, technically, you're green. You probably can't do anything right, right. according yeah. to your exactly. task. Yeah. I mean, according to what like your because you and Jocko both said you're like, oh my god, if I would <laughs> like looking back at myself. Like going on my first few deployments, you oh, were dude. like, I was so dangerous to myself <laughs> and everybody around me. Like pre 11, like I, I got sent on deployment straight out of SQT. 
Like we didn't even do a workup. Like you. But they probably managed your experience level and push oh, you. Oh yeah. yeah, like we were. I mean, I was a turret gunner. Yeah. You know, and we didn't even do very much. Um, On a Prius we, or? Yeah, <laughs> God, I wish. That big. Yeah. Andy's got a video of. Of a, a Gatling gun on in the a Prius. in a Prius, <laughs> strong, and the parking brake does not hold it when they thunder yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, for yeah, like I mean, that was just insane. I th- I felt like I remember like literally going out on that first like we were just doing um, recons and or no, we maybe we did a couple DAs. I can't remember, but we, I mean, you didn't even. We were just in the trucks. Yeah, but it was like. You know, we hadn't gone through any mobility because in SQT you don't do that kind of no, stuff. No, you were just you know, basically coming were, through the filter. Like you were, I'm like, I look back at it, I'm like, man, I didn't like. Still, I still don't know. I, yeah. I have such little experience that compared to so many other SEALs or military guys out there. Like my experiences were so like even Tosh. Tosh was like, I was in, in country for I want to say he said eight years, <laughs> eight years. I'm like that. Like that was his actual deployment time. I'm like. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's. In, uh, I was in the military for eight and a half years. Like he was overseas for eight years. It's incredible to hear like, you know, that that kind of like story. So I'm like green. I'm still green. Yeah. I think you always feel that way. The uh, my very first platoon, for about six months, my platoon chief, who is the senior enlisted guy in the platoon, was the first buds instructor that I ever encountered. Who I, I actually think I've had rhabdo, <laughs> but talking about different ways to motivate people, the scariest dude ever. So he had his jaw wired shut, and he was yelling at us through a wired shut jaw. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> dude. And his young daughter was walking. This is literally my first day in greens in PTRR, which is the, I think they call it fourth phase now. And he, I think he just didn't have any Percocet or Vicodin. He was just pissed, and his daughter was walking around, and he hammered us so bad that I couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> like, I think I had rhabdo, and two people got up. It was over at 618. I don't know oh, what yeah. we were doing over there. Two people got up and just ran towards the bell, which is down the road. <laughs> and he's, he's like, get your ass back here. And they're just like, <laughs> literally just like, where's the bell? This is day one. And then I like, I get through that whole process, know nothing, and I go check into my first platoon. He's sitting there, and I was like, Mother of God. <laughs> was his jaw still arch? <laughs> no. He was just utterly terrifying, though. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. But again, things you'll never forget. Like, no, he had no. a he had a unique style. His was definitely like, I'm going to grind your face up and eat it <laughs> type style. Uh, but I remember doing flutter kicks for over an hour. And his little young daughter was just sitting there. I'm like, this is super weird. That, this that. Is this what Buds is like? Because I'm definitely not going to make it if this is what every day is like. <laughs> This is awkward. Uh, that's yeah, funny. I like the psychology to that. Yeah, <laughs> takes all types. <laughs> yeah. Did I have you for pool comp? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was telling. Did you pass? You definitely did. did I definitely yeah, did not pass. No way you passed. <laughs> Andy was brutal. I like took you had very. I had a very fair test, and I gave the same test every time. <laughs> but if you passed it, you earned it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. An, I remember when I got Andy, I was like, "Fuck!" You know, like, I was like <laughs> my head goes down. I was like. Because, you know, you kind of know which instructors you want. And, like, everyone's a little different. And, like, you see the guys. This guy, every single guy goes in is passing. This guy, every single guy goes in is failing. And you're like, God. <laughs> so so I get Andy on my, uh, I want to say you were my second my second one. And um, he made some knots that were really incredibly hard to get. Like, so for 
what pool comp is is you go down and you're you got your 20s on your back and you have mask on and your mouth in mouthpiece in and you have to crawl along the bottom of a, like a nine foot pool. Well, you have your mask on for about 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, 10 seconds. And then the instructors come down and do basically do surf hits. And really, what it is is to make sure that you can uh, stay calm under pressure, mm-hmm. right? In a in a sh- very stressful scenario. And then they and then you have to go through. Pres- Are you blacked out? No, you have no. no, no, you're not blacked out. Um, on the actual, there is portions of the so the week leading up to it is called pool week, and you do individual like the first thing you do is with a regular mask nobody messing with you you take all your stuff off yeah you put it on yeah and then if you pass that you do blacked out mask and then two people go down with only one set of gear and you gear exchange back and forth then yep. blacked out mask and all of the skills you learn along the way lead into terminate in pool comp pool competency is what it is yeah. short for and you start with all your stuff on and then it's just you know yeah it's just it's like it's my torn. description of it might be different than Josh's <laughs> I, I didn't have to be I was never an instructor for this course so yeah I'm sh- sure Andy's probably perspective is a lot better and different than mine but um, so for me you're, you're crawling along the bottom and then uh, an instructor comes down hits you tie, takes your mouthpiece out your, removes your air source could even turn it off and then you have to go through a procedure over and over again and they'll keep coming down like mid mid procedure and hitting you over and over and for for about I'm gonna get is it like 20 minutes 20 minute time that's, cap that's what I figured was time, about 20 minutes um, you don't have to do 20 minutes you just have you can you can be done in 15 if you want but you have up to 20 minutes as uh, the instructor yeah and so um, and then what they'll, what they'll do finally is so you'll have to like trace your air tubes put your mouthpiece in trace your uh, your chest straps and waist straps and then like make sure your air source is on and um and then they'll come down and hit you again. You have to keep basically repeating it without, like, you know, basically without much air. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they would hit you on an exhale, right? And so then you have to, like, you know, and then they'll t- they'll tie the two air your uh, mouthpiece in knots. And so you're trying to get these knots out <laughs> without air, you know, under the water and staying calm all in the process of it, and hoping that you don't get hit again, you know. And uh, and so Andy would make these knots with his tube, and I, I I don't even think I was down there for that that long. I just remember, like, he had this one knot to where I couldn't get it out, but I could get a little bit of air if I, like, cranked my neck all the way to the left and, like, like I don't even know, I kind of pushed the air piece into my mouth. And, it was my favorite. And I it did was, it to everybody. It was awful, and I was like, I couldn't get any air, and then he hit me again, and I was like, I just, I couldn't, uh, <laughs> it was bad. So there's procedures. Some knots you can take the tanks off your back. Other, if you cannot establish a viable air source, you can take your tank off. But that knot that he's talking about, I tied it the same way every time. And you had to have your head jacked (laughs) so far to the left. And you could fit your mouthpiece in. It would allow you to inhale, but you couldn't exhale. And that freaked a lot of people out. That's what it was, yes. So you can inhale, but they try to blow back into the hose. And it almost almost triggers like a choking mechanism when all you really need to do is exhale out of your nose. But your head is so jacked to the right or to the left and then, of course, it's really easy to tell how to time it on an exhale because the bubbles are escaping, and I'm watching from my snorkel <laughs> floating. I'm like, and now. let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and now. And then, and then it's like, and then it's fail. You know, it's just like, So if right. they take their tanks off in that moment, they fail the test right there. Yeah. And it's the test has nothing to do with diving and everything to do with being able to control panic, which yeah. is why I took it so seriously. Because if you pass that test, your odds are like 98th, 99th percentile that you'll become a SEAL. Like, that's yeah. the last big test gate. And, yeah. and I remember, you know, the thing that was cool about Andy, too, is he actually did say, I remember, like, coming up, and he'd be like, don't worry, Bridges, you'll pass it. Like, you, I can't remember why he said something. He gave me some, like, some sort of, like, motivation where it was like, hey, 
you failed, but you know, like you remained calm in a situation where you probably shouldn't have. But yeah, you you I messed up a procedure of some sort or something like that. And so he's like, you'll, you'll be fine. He at least dropped you a little nugget. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. And then, then I I failed the next one because I gamed it because I thought it'd been 20 minutes and I thought they had the then what was called the whammy knot at the end. A <laughs> knot you cannot get a out. A knot you can't get out, and so you have to request a, a rec- FSA. FSA, and. Uh, which is a what is it? Free, free swimmer ascent. Free swimmer ascent, and so they make you go down, t- kiss the bottom of the pool, and then like you have to be blowing out constantly the whole way up because you're you're breathing on compressed air, um, so that you're something with like a lung. AGE. Yeah, AG. Yeah. So mind some, you, <laughs> yeah. kiss the deck and exhale, and you have to have bubbles coming out the whole time. Now <laughs> I would administer the whammy knot on an exhale. Yeah. When they're already almost out, or most actually, I actually was generally pretty generous. I would come down and I would tap their mouthpiece to let them know I was about to take their mouthpiece. Unless yeah. the student started getting squirrely, then it's like you don't get that warning. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but I would tap them; they get a big breath, and they work the whammy knot like they're holding their breath probably for sixty to ninety seconds underwater. Yeah. Wow! So they have to request the FSA by putting their thumb out. You come down, you tap them on the head. They have to take all the stuff off properly, kiss the ground, and then my absolute favorite was to just get a hold of their t-shirt and start going to the surface but just go sl- just so slow that you're barely rising because you see them they're like yeah like <laughs> trying, trying to get bubbles to get, uh, and i would just sit there and look at him like we got seven more feet to go you better keep <laughs> yeah. exhaling yeah. <laughs> and then just maybe stall out like right as their <laughs> lips are like six inches under the surface and they're just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> what a good dude and then they come out and they just um, like <laughs> breached whale noises. So you gotta have some fun. I couldn't imagine. Oh, of course, yeah. Hard. When you're an instructor, yeah, you have. To, oh my gosh, when I was an instructor at CQC, yeah, but it wasn't for the uh, bud students. It was for when you're in the platoons. But we would play the we would play the repeater game. And so one instructor would walk up and be like, you know, listen, uh, Andy, uh, you know, you really. If you take your time a little bit more and you know put your gun on safe, blah blah, and like, and then the next instructor would be like. You know, Andy, if you, you know, and he'd like walk up and he'd like do the, say the exact same thing. And the guy would just be like looking at him like, what the fuck is that? You know, what is happening right now? Like in Super Troopers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, would, uh, we got definitely Most got of the SEAL teams is basically just bad movie quotes. I mean, that's all, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's references to right. movies. He's like, over here, you know, you, you kind of took a left step and you should have been taking a right and, you know, bring your gun up a different way. And, and that you're like, yeah, you know, hey, man, you know. Come over here for a second. Yeah, so you could have taken the left stop here and brought your gun up a little. And he'd just be looking at me like, is this, am, I, am, I, am I messed up right now? Yeah. Like, or is this happening again? That was, it was fun. We played a lot of games like that. That was good times. I brought my father-in-law. There's observation windows in the pool. I brought my father-in-law. He wanted to come see it one day. And I think he was scheduled to be there for a couple hours. He wanted to leave after like an hour. He was visibly shaken watching <laughs> the pool comp test. Like, he came out of there like just sweating. He's like, I can't. I can't watch it anymore. I feel he's like, he's like, I caught myself holding my breath when they were holding their breath. <laughs> I almost passed out watching them through the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so on the third, on my third test after Andy's test, I gamed it. I gamed the test and I was like, it's been 20 minutes. This is the way me not like I know it is. And so I'm back there and I'm like pretending like I'm ripping on these hose and I'm not gra- I'm not pulling it at all. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, like a guy I can't get it. And so I request my I re- request my FSA or FS yeah FSA FSA yeah. FSA and uh and he comes down and he you know punches me to the ground and comes up and he's like comes up to the top and he's like so you think you passed bridges? 
Like, think you did good? Hoo-yah instructor, like, whatever. Hoo-yah. I think it was a chief or something. He's like, he's like, he he grabs my 2080s and he just literally grabs the um, air tubes and just like kind of like like that, and pops <laughs> it right out and it's like, nah, man. He's like, that wasn't the way me. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. <laughs> so I came down to my fourth try and I was like, oh, man, I was. Which is do or die. You fail the fourth try yeah, and you, you get one roll. Um, so I would have I would have got to go back, but I had to start yeah. the second phase all over yeah. again. Um, but on my fourth one, I I was like, this is not happening. And so what happened was, um, you see people go dark on their fourth yeah, try. Yeah, dark, dark try. Like, I was like, I was like, I'll drown. I don't even care. You mm-hmm. look at him in the eyes, and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Let's get the corpsman on standby, <laughs> yeah, please, because right. my man like, is like, <laughs> you'll see it. Like they can't get the knot out, but they know. Like you tie that knot on the one. Same thing with Josh, and it's uh. You see him, and you're like, because you can tell when somebody is comfortable. And you, I'd be looking at him, I'm like, oh, no. He can't breathe, but he knows that this knot, he should be able to. Yeah. And he knows if he takes the tank off, he's going to fail. So they won't take it off. And you just see him. It starts slow, and then it gets a little spazzy. <laughs> and then the indication that it's going bad is they reach up, and they put their foot yeah. on the ground because they're about no, to ballistic no. missile submarine. And then, so you're down there, and you're, like, sweeping their leg, and you just see guys. I could tell you to within two seconds to when somebody's going to pass out because they start the chicken egg. They're like, <laughs> and you're fine. <laughs> but that's not when you're about to pass out. No. It's when the bubbles start escaping. At the end of that, they'll be like, <laughs> and a little bubble. You're like, oh, God. You're like, Corman, I'm bringing one up. And you just, I mean, it was, but I I mean, I would, I yeah. took the fourth test very seriously because of the consequences, but I had guys, yeah. you'd pull them up, and they'd still have their tanks on their back, and, grown men just tears like this is all I've ever wanted to do and you got to keep your stuff together and be like okay you know um go check in as a failure like they're like this is all this is my lifelong dream and like I know it was mine too but right. the difference is I passed <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> so my so my last one it was it was kind of interesting and um so I was I was on my head I was like I'm never I'm not gonna game it again like I'm gonna yeah. I'm just gonna do it follow and, just follow, follow, follow protocol pursuit. yeah that's so, all you have to so do so this time I I get we get to the whammy knot and I'm like I I didn't think it was I, I'm like this isn't the whammy knot <laughs> so like I'm I'm holding my breath and I'm I'm rubbernecking hard I'm like this is the danger <laughs> of the fourth and try and I'm ripping <laughs> ripping at I'm like I wanted I was like I'm gonna get this knot out I know I can and I think the instructor like thought that I would recognize it and he came down. And was like right above me, w- waiting for me to request FSA, and so I think he ran out of breath because at that he basically before I requested F- FSA, he grabs me, kisses the ground, and we start to go up. And I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, what the hell? I failed. Yeah, I failed. And he's like, God damn it, Bridges. He's like, what were you doing? He's like, he's like, you pat. He's like, call your mom. You passed. <laughs> <laughs> like because I think like I I was there. I don't I don't know what if I I don't think I did anything wrong. And so he just yeah. he he ran out of breath before I requested the FSA. And so it was um, <laughs> I was like, oh thank God. Cause I was like, I'm I was gonna pass out. I wouldn't even care. Yeah. Teaching people in the air skydiving, I would say is probably the hardest learning environment. But that water scenario was probably the second. Just because you had to induce panic and stress, but you had to, you had to control it at the same time, and the student could actually really hurt themselves if they held their breath and they pushed up to the surface. You think, um, you think the air is, the fear of heights is equal as a stress factor. You think it's more of a stress factor than water? I think in skydiving it can get out of control faster. 
like some of those videos that I showed you of people in a, you know, we top watched. gun backspin <laughs> yeah. flying. Like that doesn't, that can't happen underwater. And there was only nine feet of separation. And I can be there. And most of the time, like, like he's saying that you, it's pattern recognition. You're like, okay, this guy's about to do this. I'm going to take a deep breath because he's going to request an FSA and I'm going to be right there. Worst case scenario, you have to porpoise up real fast, get a breath and come down. Some mm -hmm. of the skydiving stuff, it can go so bad so fast. Right. And if people flatten out, you know, and they extend their flight surfaces, most instructors can't catch you. Yeah. Whereas in the water, I mean, realistically, it's it's really tough to teach because you can't communicate, but it's more controlled because it's so the viscosity of the water makes them move slower. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you jump out of a plane, you're dead, basically. Until you save your own life. Until you save your own life. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you just committed suicide. Um, yeah, yeah, that's one way to look at it. I, remember, yeah, one, one I sure had fun. I, I haven't even done a podcast talking about that yet. Mm. Oh, that's we, we've got to get on that subject for this one. Send it. I haven't yeah. even recapped. I haven't recapped. Uh, you re Let's hear from your perspective and then from my perspective. What yep. did you think of the wind tunnel compared to actually jumping? Did you go to the wind tunnel? We did. He has uh, like 25 minutes in the tunnel. That's awesome. I think the tunnel was like, I think it's a very, very useful tool. Yeah. I think it's. Super useful. It's not perfect. No. But it's. No, but it's. it's yeah. Th the ability to to go in there for two minutes and come out and then say, and especially we had the video so yeah. they could show me right there. And then to be able to say, okay, you know, see what you're doing there and then step in and you're doing it versus in the real thing. That's like a 50 minute lag. Even if you got a, even if you got a plane waiting, yeah. you know, you're down, you're repacking, you're getting back up then you're jumping again trying to stabilize and it's a few you know it's like seconds where you're trying to do it and you don't have you don't have a lot of ability for them to give you a lot of signal to stabilize yeah. for enough time to where you really feel it right. in the tunnel when i had things right i was like okay i mean there were times where i felt like i was spinning good yep. i was navigating really good i was understanding like forward and back motion mm -hmm. And what's nice about being essentially in like a fish tank is you understand forward and back motion. Yeah. When I was in the air, yeah. I didn't understand that most of my first jumps, I was just backsliding right. because, you know, I was like trying to Superman. My arms were forward and my, my legs were coming up. So they were always chasing me. Yeah. But until I watched the footage after, you know, now Andy's like, okay, you see how you're, you're, you're stable, but you're just backsliding. backsliding the whole time. Whereas if you were in the tunnel, yeah. you'd be like, ding, yeah, you just hit the ding. Wall. Right. And I was frustrated with that. That was part of my frustration with the wind tunnel. Mm -hmm. But Jocko actually gave me really good advice. When I came out, he, he grabbed me to the side. He's like, hey, man, like you are not going to have a freaking tube restricting you. You're going to jump out of this plane, and he's like – you're he's like if you can fly stable he's like if you can be stable and you can navigate he's like you're not in this tank yeah he goes it's it's like you're on a whole different planet he's like it feels like you're in outer space really with is. no limitations and he's yeah. like dude don't like don't sweat this stuff right now he goes you you know if you get your arch down and you understand the basics like listen to them and understand the basis of being able to turn being able to go forward or go back and he's like you're gonna when you're up there he's like you can be off course 200 yards and you'll just be like i nailed it yeah most military jumpers if you put them in a tunnel they can't stay off the glass 
they're moving around way more than they actually think that they are. It takes a long time to get comfortable being inside that glass tube. Yeah, yeah that was really helpful. And then it's so much fun though. But too. then if you can find, like you know, I was telling you to stay on the X, that just any intersection of the mesh. Once you have the ability to do that in the tunnel. Like you'll go out of a plane and, and you'll just recognize what it feels like, and then you'll start seeing other people. You'll be like in the middle of a jump, and people are just na 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 coming by, and like they'll come down and like, dude, you were backsliding. It's like, no, I wasn't backsliding. You were a shit show all over the sky, is what it was. I do sky trash. I do recognize, like I think it was my fifth jump. I I vividly remember when everything felt right. Did you ever just? Say I screw it and do a flip because I did always. <laughs> he did it pole time once. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did four best time. I, I did best time to do it. Yeah, he. I did get to hear Andy give me the fail, but he he gave me the nugget too. He's like, hey, so that twisting backflip you did right before he's like, dude, that's cool. So as, you, <laughs> as you reach back to deploy your pilot chute when you were on your back as you were going over, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's cool. It's an advanced move. He goes. <laughs> right. It's a new but objective. but you but you fail, <laughs> but you're gonna have to take that one over. <laughs> He's like, you, you could have pulled doing a double backflip. Oh, I'll show you the video. It's oh, awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> but I was um, what I really liked about that was, I just I liked really having to 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 key my focus so much that you know I was. And it wasn't anything that you had said, but I was like monitoring my heart rate and I was really monitoring everything about it. And I was trying to be lower and lower every single jump to where it's like, how freaking calm can I be on this? Mm. But Because that's like that. I feel like a lot of people don't recognize that's something that you do have to work on as a competitor is, you know, it's essentially performance anxiety and when you learn to control that, your ability to do a task oh, yeah. is just uh, like on a whole, you can just, it's like a multiplier. Right. And, you know, the one time, I think it was, well, I never, I, n- I never, I never felt my heartbeat ever. You never got into a panic state. Like the biggest thing no. I watch when I teach people how to jump, it, I honestly, I just look at their face because you can tell in their eyes and their facial reaction. And yours was just, I mean, like the first backflip you did, right? Not the the one where you intentionally did it, not the unintentional pull <laughs> sequence. So the next jump is a backflip. Okay. And the goal of the backflip when teaching people how to skydive is actually sucks when they do it perfectly because you're trying to get them unstable right. so you can they can demonstrate to themselves, oh, yeah. I'm totally fine. Right. So he did some breakdance fighting. You ended up on your back a little <laughs> bit. And hey, a lot of people. That's advanced. But here's the thing. A lot of people, and I can show you again, just faces of death videos on YouTube. <laughs> people, you look at them in their eyes, and they get over halfway through the bat flip, and they stall out, which is the most common. They don't complete the rotation. And then you see it in their face, and they just go, and they freak out, and they start stiffening. And that's when it's just like. <laughs> the it's blender. Like, it's a helicopter blade, and you're like, well, I'm supposed to get in there and save his life, but if I touch him, I'm going to die. So <laughs> right. I'll just give him the pull signal, and hopefully he sees it before he blacks out. <laughs> Is it like a cat when you spin him on the ground? Dude, like you get him going to a point where all of a sudden they just like do a full layout, and you're like, they're out. They're like out. They're out. Oh, they'll go out. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a reason that you have the cypresses, but those yeah. turns – 
once you start extending and you get asymmetrical, it's G-force then, right? What well, builds? So yeah. it starts, it starts, and then it'll push your body into a position where it wants to accelerate, and then it, you have to stop that early as an instructor. But you know it's going to go bad when the person gets on their back and their facial expression just changes. Like when mm. I was watching you when you did the partial backflip, even on your pull sequence one, your facial expression didn't change, so I knew that you were okay. Like yeah. I'm watching your body a lot, but I'm just kind of just sitting there looking like, all right, he's with us. He's checking in. Like it's the same thing as pool comp. Like you're yeah. just watching the student. Like okay, he's absorbing the information. Yeah. It's not going awesome, but he's going to work his way through it because he's cool, calm, and collected. Right. Well, I think the key to doing anything new, especially if it's if it's stressful or hard, is taking away taking away the the whole environment. Like you can't look at you can't look at what you're doing. You have to you have to just neck everything down to what are what are the key fundamentals that I was taught? And then I literally just like went back into my four hour class with the slideshow where it's like, okay, here like here's the basics. Yep. You know, right. you know, here's a position I need to have. If I have that, then I can conduct the other things. You know, I need to I need to check in. You know, I need to make sure I can pull. You know, I need to make sure I can reach to pull. Yep. Here's when I do pull. And then other than that, I was. I was so focused on trying to just improve on every little thing that you, you know, each, each jump, you're trying to build on something that you didn't do the one prior. So it's I'm the like, same as you teaching archery to Jocko when he mm -hmm. looked over and said, there's a lot that you're not telling me. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah I'm picking my back. It's the same thing with skydiving. Yeah. I could overwhelm you with 50 different things. And what would end up happening is you'd have retrograde performance because you'd be like, ah, yeah. uh, 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 what do I need to do? Instead, it's like, hey, man, smile and relax. Yeah, that's. I think that's coaching with anything. You know, like there's the Olympic weightlifting coaches who are like, hey, you need to uh, chest up, arms out, rot you know, internally rotate or externally rotate your shoulders. And then, uh, you know, and you're like, dude, you're telling me 50 things I'm thinking <laughs> about. I'm like, I just want to lift this weight and put it over my head. <laughs> yeah. You know, like calm down. Yep. And, and like, like you said, the best coaches find one cue that makes you do everything right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you feel that last jump? Because the last part of AFF is you climb outside and you do a, basically a floating exit. Okay. The first one is an instructor is, I mean, you know the deal. It's a graduation, right? So right. jump six, Dudley's on the outside of the plane, which is an interesting experience. But then Bobo is holding on to him. Jump seven, it's like, let's party, buddy. Yeah. Stays on the inside and Dud's out there on, on his own. I thought it was easier because I – everything was more responsive to what I was trying to do. I think when you have someone else on you, obviously they're, they're probably trying to counter some things as well. And maybe at times you're counteracting one another. So I felt like I instantly had control. I felt like I could see the plane way better than I did when someone else was on yep. me. Um, but that was the first time where I, that was the first time where I really felt like I was able to enjoy what I was doing because once I I felt so comfortable in the position and then like you know like I had to do a front flip back flip 360 and then I had to track yep and as soon as I did the front flip was good then the back flip I got a little bit squirrely yep. which was actually good because I, I remember being completely on my back and I'm like looking up and I thought okay tuck one arm in you know and f you roll know out of bed yeah roll out of bed so <laughs> and then when i did that and then arched back into that i'm like okay well you know i've literally gone through everything that they've 
talked about in one jump I've done it all and then and then literally I was like visualizing myself just doing a freaking full-blown flying head dive through a finish line I'm like all I gotta do is tuck and freaking rocket through the bullseye dude and then as soon as I did that I was hoping they would get close because I was so excited and then I'm like okay I feel like now I'm able to like smile and have fun and like be myself and you know whereas I'm just and maybe certain people maybe there's more people that are like that than what I think but I was just so hyper analytical on you know I just like doing things right and I like I really if I tackle something new all I want is technique like if if I really want to understand technique and when I don't do it right when I know like especially like some of the things I started to feel when I wasn't mm-hmm. doing it right, and I'm like, God dang it! He would do that head nod yeah. during a jump. He's just sitting there. He's like flying. He's like, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> get out that. of your head, <laughs> get out that. of your head. I'll debrief you later. <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's important though. But the last jump, I I had a lot of fun, and I was really wanting. Like then I was like, I want to play and just waiting. Like that, then <laughs> yeah. I was envious of the team guys that yeah. literally land, take their packs off, and just jump in another one and jump back yeah. on them. Like, dude, they got it made it's right full now. Full rigor support packing, yeah. Full time packers right. just literally just jump and go. Like yeah, that, that's a, that takes a while to get to that level because I didn't even get there. <laughs> well, the next time we were at the tunnel when we go to San Diego, we we'll just invite you to come down oh, and join yeah, us. That would man. be yeah. awesome. Yeah, sure. it's not that far from his house. Yeah, that oh, would yeah, be. I'm like, 20 minutes away from there yeah Yeah, that would be that would be super cool yeah well one thing i wanted to ask you is when you step away from your competitive world um what's what's five five exercise movements that that you'll never like delete out of your out of your you know like Mm. you know for like people listening yeah five things where where it's like you know what i have limitations to my workouts i really want to be in good shape some people are limited on maybe you know their ability to get somewhere to do things but like what's five things that are just staples uh i think biking i think that uh i say that all the time really it's low impact um i'm shocked you said that actually uh any kind of biking the assault bike the a, a spin bike, any of that, like it's low impact and it's like, you know, it's going to get your legs strong. I think that le- for me, it's always been your legs are your foundation, mm-hmm. right? If you have strong legs, you're going to get through a lot more than if you don't like, a, like obviously like the bodybuilding community, like when you, when conventional working out is typically opposite, it's like everybody wants to get a strong upper body where like, which doesn't work for a biped very well. Right. <laughs> so, you know, like you have to have strong legs. So in biking, you can be aerobic and you can be anaerobic in it on as well. So, um, I would I would never take away a bike. I think a burpee is a really great movement for mm. any single person, right? You can you can get a you know you can do a little push up and a little jump, and it's insane how bad it can hurt. You can and you can incorporate it with jumping over things or jumping up to certain heights. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different w- ways to do it. Um, so I'll never t- I'll never stop doing burpees. I have my kids do them all the time. Um, I would say probably a pull up. As mm-hmm. well, I think a pull I up, like that. yeah, pull up. You know, then you are starting to go into the upper body a little bit, and again, you can do the same thing. You can use the kipping, uh, or you can go strict, or you can go, you know, hands in, hands out, uh, neutral grip, all the different weighted pull ups. You know, there's a lot of different, a lot of different ways you can do a pull up. So. Band assisted, if you're not even at the yeah, regular pull up right. level, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a great fundamental movement. Um, 
I love squatting. I don't think I'll ever stop squatting. Um, and again, same way, like air squats, you know, back squats, front squats, overhead squats, safety bar squats, box box squats. Like there's so many different versions of it. So mm-hmm. that whatever type of person you are, but again, it goes back to the legs, like having a strong legs and a strong core. Yeah. Um, it's a huge thing. So what are we at? Four there? Mm-hmm. Four? One more, I would say. Uh, I would say not, nothing complex, you know, everything should. I think it should be simple movements. Um, probably like a push-up yeah. or, or bench, you know, yeah. something like that. I think a push-up's better, honestly. I've I've I haven't done I haven't done bench in a long long time. Right. I, I mean I like I like supersetting. The other day I went to the up to the college to work out, and they're supposed to be open afternoon on Sunday, but for whatever reason they weren't. And uh, you know I just literally did pull-ups to failure jumped down did push-ups to failure and then right. ran one lap and yeah. then came back and and did that for a mile mm-hmm. it like didn't take long yeah and it's like this is a very this is like the simplest of workouts that someone who just doesn't do anything they could benefit a ton from yeah. something and it's you know it's literally for a lot of people you could do that in the same amount of time as what it would take you to get to a gym right so what you just described that workout would be right in the wheelhouse of traditional crossfit programming that's the methodology what you just described is the methodology that a lot of people confuse for 12 workouts in three days (laughs) yeah 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 i would i would i'd hope you know i would say the only reason i would say biking over swimming is because of you have to have yeah, access to the pool. access yeah. to the pool. Yeah, because swimming is phenomenal. Swimming's huge. It's it it and it not only does it you know physically but like mentally too. Like you have to like you're literally staring at a black line, you know, for however long you're swimming, and it takes away your air source. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to learn how to efficiently breathe. Yep. And so then you have to stay calm when you're at you know an elevated heart rate. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that aspect of swimming as well. Yeah, swimming is dynamite. But, but the access is the only thing that yep. I would say I'd go with a bike over that. What uh, what was your favorite part about? We'll end on on archery terms. Uh, what was your favorite part about learning to shoot? So you were taught on a silverback. So literally, yeah. we started last night working on yeah. just learning how to pull through the shot. Right. Is there, I mean, do you feel like that's immediately changed your perspective on? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, like getting it all in line and everything, everything needs to be in line. And then like that follow through, it's like, it's like every, every sport, you know, where it's just the little, little things that I don't notice that you notice. Like, oh, you know, if you don't keep pulling your elbow straight back, you know, you're going to start to get lazy. And it's just like on anything, like I like to relate to like a golf swing. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't follow through on your club swing. You know, where you don't try to send your club head where you, where you want the ball to go, then it's not going to go that way. Right. So, I don't know that that was. I thought that was really cool. Just you know, those, those little things. Do you feel like it was? Do you feel like with a compound and you? Well, I think now you understand the difference between a good shot and a and a poor shot. Right. I shouldn't say a bad shot, but a poor shot. Um, do you feel like you'll be able to have more fun with it now that you have that understanding of the two? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I'll now I'll actually know how to make an adjustment to fix what why I had that poor shot. Yep. You know, which and I don't know. Obviously I know still know very little, but I'll know enough to be like, "Oh, I, you know, I didn't I didn't follow through there or mm-hmm. I didn't have my nose on my 
bowstring, you know, before I let, released it. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. You got anything, Andy? I've just enjoyed, like, over the past month, watching people start at the beginning of the process. It's been cool just from teaching people at the Easton Center and then people at uh, Performance Archery, working with Jocko, seeing Jaw. It's just, it's. I learn every time I listen to you talk to somebody. It's weird because I always, I always get a little a little weird about wondering if you know when people are there for a, a lot of different classes i'm like man this probably sounds so repetitive to them you don't you repeat know. yourself as much as you think i think you pick uh your vernacular changes a little bit i think everybody naturally does when you speak about the same topic often but i mean i just think it's cool yeah. i love watching people start i mean i'm a year ago Literally, we were sitting out here, and I was in the same spot Josh yeah, is. Yeah, one year. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, one year yesterday. So it's just cool. I love watching it. And uh, one thing I haven't talked about, I need to talk about, um, let's talk about Free Range American. Okay. Because we haven't talked about it on my podcast at all. Um, for those of you watching, you've seen some of the new shirts and some of my new hashtags for Free Range American. And this is... Um, it's literally an idea that was it here that day? Mm -hmm. Sharon was sitting right there working on the evolution shirt. Oh my, that's right. We were doing uh, hundred yard reps. Yeah, in we the grass. were. Yeah, we were shooting hundies, and then somewhere along the lines, we you know we did you say free range American? I looked over. We were walking to go pull arrows. I was like, dude, you should do a knock on shirt that says free range American, and you didn't say much. You were just like, huh? We walked down, pulled the arrows, we walked back. And as I was knocking an arrow, you're like, you know, Cause I, I think we were talking about like shooting your first free ranging. I said something like something free ranging. Wait till you shoot your first free ranging animal yep. or something like that. That's kind of how it started. And then you just said, I'm a free range American bro. And then you said that should be a shirt. And then, yeah. By the time we got is. back, you're like, I don't think that's a shirt. I think that's a brand. Yeah. But it took us a year to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you see you develop so many important aspects to it because one of the things that I've always liked about Knock On is that it's not a, it's not an archery brand that's specific to people that wear certain clothes or people that wear cer certain camo patterns or certain bows. Obviously, products that I personally use, I talk about a lot, but I also, you know, I don't like it when I go somewhere and I couldn't, the people are like, well, sorry, I got a Matthews. It's like, dude, I've shot a Matthews, I've shot a PSE, I've shot a high country, like people shoot a lot of different things. Everyone's got, some things feel better to you. I get that. We're all archers. Like, and that's, I always wanted the knock on community to be about all archers and bow hunters. And then obviously like, you know, Josh with you and, you know, with Jocko, with Trevor, you, you know, bringing people in from outside categories to where they can enjoy it. I, I, that's what I liked about the brand. And one of the things I said with Free Range Americans is like, man, there needs to be a movement where people are just exercising their freedom to do something cool in America. Like in America, we have it made. I mean, for the three of us have all traveled around the world. There's things that we have here that people take for granted that yep. you cannot do other places. Yeah. You just do not have it. And they're not something that you should take for granted. You know, there there's certain things in other countries that they're not going to change. And they could, the way our trend is going um, as a country, we're probably going to gravitate more towards some of those other places. And you're going to lose some of your ability to exercise on like 
almost limitless freedoms to do things. So I was like, yeah, man, this needs to be one. It needs to be a brand that's certainly not about us. And for those of you listening, literally the reason why there's not this major launch on free range American and, and, you know, you're going to a website that's filled with galleries and ads is because I told Andy, I'm like, the direction of this brand is based off free ranging Americans that everybody's doing something, you know, Trevor's into skydiving, you know, Chad Ward, free range American. He's out barbecuing, traveling the world, just barbecuing, you know, Josh, you're totally in the CrossFit world. We've got, we've got all these people, you know, you know, George is writing books. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's people that all they do is hike. There's people, I've got buddies that all they do is paddleboard and like, that's their passion. But that's like, that's exercising a freedom. Um, You know, I saw one of my other uh, buddies on Instagram went out and did like a, I don't know. They just went out into public land and it looks like they did like a naked camp out or something just to exercise their freedoms. Of, Super awkward, of, but I'm yeah. all, it's on board. Yeah. yeah so, that counts. I, you know, I just sat there and I'm thinking, you know, these are people that are just, whether it's the freaking skydiving community, like I met a whole new, a whole new community nice. that I literally had, you know, I went there and I'm like, I'm at that DZ and I'm looking around and, you know, all you guys have your storage spots and your, you know, your friends, you know, flare pieces and attire, flare pieces and attire. And I'm like using their different words. Yeah. Like DZ, DZ dropping that down. And it's like this, this brand is really just about recognizing and it's more publicizing the awesome shit that you do regardless of what it is. I'd say it's less about, who you are and more about what you do mm-hmm. because I, I, it's and i want to see it like yeah. that's the thing tag that's why y- you tag us and we're reposting because we want to see all the cool different activities that people are doing when i go places and people say what do you do i i get that question every time i'm on an airplane and i'm like okay you know as soon as i say i'm an archer people are like what yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, you do GI Joes too at night, like what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, no, there's actually, you know, there's there's a professional archery world, and people are like, what? I had no idea about that. There's so many things like that that um, that totally go right into the wheelhouse of what Free Range American is. And even when we bought it um, or got the domains, I said. It's freerangeamerican.us. Like, yep. this isn't .com. And that's what it's about. And, and uh, yeah, check it out, freerangeamerican.us. And all you got to do is, you know, ha- if you do something cool, get a cool picture in your shirt. Nothing yep. stupid. Like, we don't want it to be ridiculousness. No juggling chainsaws. No. Ch- <laughs> if they didn't have bla- chains on them, I'd probably post it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Do something, do something awesome. Show us your passion, um, you know, and uh, come up with a Comic Con character, FRA. Freaking show up with that mm-hmm. somewhere, and yeah, if it's cool, we're all about it. I mean, you're uh, there's two guys here that that dedicated a lot of their life to to preserving those freedoms, and you're doing them and yourself a disservice by not getting out and utilizing every ounce of what it is to be an American and that's getting after it man and whatever you love to do if you've got the freedom to do it do it can't say any better than that yeah well said all right knock on everybody
Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com